Medical Report, hour number two on Fridays. It's uh, Ann Morrison, our scientist. She's amazing. She's the amount of work she does every week to put Twiland, T-W-I-L-A-N-D dot info together is remarkable. She's also on the show with John Moore earlier in the morning, uh, at least several days a week with John Moore here on Republic Broadcasting. So, uh, Ann, we've yep. got a lot of stuff to cover today. Yeah. Let's hit the high points because you've got a lot of material on many different topics, including uh, Zika virus, biosecurity with yellow fever, biosecurity superbugs, biosecurity gene editing, and this is something that's going to be a real hot topic, climate issues and seismic issues. Let's start from the top, please. All right. Well, we have, uh, uh, I don't know if you've been hearing this, but we have a warning, or not a warning, we have a proclamation out of the, out of the uh, federal government, the CDC, saying that no more blood donations will be accepted in two counties in southern Florida, and that's Miami, Dade County, and Broward. Right. So in other not, words, they're not screening properly for the presence of Zika virus or the stealth version of it. Right. Uh, what happened was that there were, uh, they had a possible four people who had uh, contracted Zika, and um, they, they, it was not travel-related. So they, they had so Zika, local, but there was Local mosquitoes got them, in other words, despite well, the spraying program they, they have down there. And the release of Oxitec uh, in Trexon OX513A uh, Franken mosquitoes, which are not effective. They, that program started this summer in South Florida, didn't it? Yes, it did. It was down in the Florida Keys, which is very close to these two counties. Right. So uh, they are uh, actively sending crews down there. They've already been active looking at the mosquitoes. They've had additional mosquito traps set out. And what they do is they trap the mosquitoes. They take them back to the laboratory. They sort them by by uh, species, and then they um, they see if they're carrying Zika. So this is right. an intensive uh, man. <laughs> I mean, it takes a lot of man hours to do this, but they've, they've done it. They've done a, a job, but they hadn't found any Zika in the mosquitoes that they had collected. But here we have, uh, four, they just said on the news that there were four people who had contracted Zika, and it was not travel-related. So uh, they said, well, we don't want anybody in these two counties to donate blood. Wow. Uh, yeah. And not only that, uh, bef- before you can get a um, uh, transfusion or anything, you have, to, uh, you have to have the blood that you're getting tested for Zika. So there's only one blood bank down there that will do that. Yeah. And, uh, it's a PCR test, which is a complex test to do it properly, and because RNA viruses don't hang around the blood long, it's my concern that they may be, how can I say, an intracellular pathogen that can be a stealth pathogen that may not show up on a PCR test, but yet still may infect them. We don't know yet. That's that's why we can can hide in the bone marrow. Yeah, what happened was that when they were doing the blood test, apparently they were doing it in the plasma, and it only stays, Zika virus only stays in the plasma four to eight days. Right. And, but it stays in the whole blood up to two months. So they right, which means it can go intracellular because there's, there's bone marrow stem cells that migrate in and out of the bone marrow uh, and other cells that are, we call precursor cells, that may be carrying the RNA virus for months before uh, it declares itself. And if it's not present, if they're only testing plasma, they're going to miss it. And that during that window, they can infect someone that gives them Zika. That's right. If a mosquito uh, 
uh, bites a person who has Zika, they can transfer that to another person or to an animal. Uh, wow. Mammals are known to catch Zika too. Right, so you can then start to embed into a, a agricultural population. Most people don't realize there's a huge cattle ranch uh, issue in Florida. There's also a huge amount of animals where it can become embedded in the vector animals and in the human population. So there's what I call, you know, vector and uh, embed, embedding processes that occur. And over time, this is going to get into pets and other creatures. Oh, absolutely. And they become uh, carriers, and then the uh, mosquitoes are the vectors. So uh, in their, in their uh, weekly report, as of uh, July 27th, which was two days ago, uh, they've changed the map, and they've made it uh, more easier to read because they've increased the contract, contrast between the states that don't have any Zika and the states that have most, the most Zika. So we're talking California, Texas, uh, Florida, New York, and Massachusetts are all in this uh, navy blue color. And they've also increased the uh, legend so that you have a, a better idea of where the where the Zika cases are now, they still haven't found Zika in any of the mosquitoes, and so they're they're looking. Not only are they looking at, the, they've sent down more teams to catch more mosquitoes to check them, but they're also going out and surveying the neighbors of these people who caught Zika that was not travel related, and uh, to see if by chance they have Zika. So that this is. I mean, for the, CD, for the CDC and the FDA to say no more blood donations from, these, from people in these two counties, and that means no more um, organ transplants, um, you know, wow. any that's, of the donors. Yeah, that's pretty serious. I mean, some people are going to die because they're not going to get a, a donor organ, which may only be available for 48 hours on a heart-lung bypass machine before it can be given to someone. They have, um, so uh, in the United States, they have locally acquired mosquito-borne cases reported of zero. But, of course, that will change because now that we know that, uh, you know, this is fresh off the news. They, they know that they have four, and uh, they may have even more, so maybe next week they'll, they'll show that. The additional Travel question I'd ask is, that are they testing for other phyloviruses that are co-infections, like yellow fever or West Nile virus? The thing is that if they don't, we don't know if there's co-infections occurring that may be part of the reason for the pathogenesis. Well, they already keep track of West Nile virus, and uh, uh, they have ways of testing for that. They're not worried about it because it's not down in Florida, uh, but Zika is. Right. Okay. They have, uh, they're reporting uh, 1,657 uh, travel-associated cases. Now, you have to remember, you have to multiply that by five right. because uh, only one-fifth of the people uh, have, are symptoms, have symptoms. So five times that is about 7,500 right. uh, cases. That's uh, a lot. And, of course, we had one needle stick. And uh, sexually transmitted was 15, and Guillain-Barre syndrome was 5. Again, you have to multiply by 5, so that would be 75 and 25. And the other thing is that the children that are born that have microcephaly often have slow uh, smoldering Zika infections in the back of their eye of their brain, and they have progressive eye disease occurring even after they're born. Um, oh, they're going to, yes. They, they know that they have to prepare to help these children uh, survive as best they can and for as long as they can. But yeah, many of them are going to continue deteriorating. 
We also know that this gentleman that died in Utah, uh, his caregiver got sick, but he grew it in his brain. They think it may be a major factor, one of the causes of his death, which indicates in some people, especially if their immune system is failing, it may be a factor in organic or degenerated brain disease, which could, over a period of time, decades, if the virus continues to persist and expand its base of operations, in a sense, it may be a major factor in inducing uh, Alzheimer's-type disease and dementia. Yeah, they're not sure exactly how it spread to his caretaker. His caretaker was a uh, younger man who was his, was a relative of his, right? and uh, there was no sexually transmitted uh, Zika. My guess would and, be cleaning up stool and that the uh, the stool would can, it would carry Zika virus, would be my guess. Uh, well, they're looking at that, and they're also looking at saliva and uh, so or urine, you know, if yeah. he was helping, if he were incontinent or whatever. Yeah, anyway, they're, they're, looking, they're trying floor, to yeah. figure out how the caretaker got it because it wasn't travel-related. And it wasn't sexually transmitted. So now they've got a problem. Well, how else did it get transmitted? So they're really looking into him. Uh, he has since um, recovered. Uh, well, you know, you have to use that word recovered with parentheses yeah, yeah. Or with, with quotes because you don't recover from Zika. Essentially, the, the Zika well, virus. Yellow fever. There's evidence with yellow fever. There's a chronic. Neurological and other complications that last long after you so-called recover from yellow fever. That's right. Anyway, in the U.S. territories, uh, they are reporting 4,729 locally acquired cases, which means that that's almost 5,000. You multiply that by five, you have 25,000 people. Wow. And travel associates, yeah. yeah the, Puerto Rico is, is really having a lot of trouble. Um, and... Uh, so you're going to see that uh, in the uh, blog. In the blog, yeah. What do you, what do you predict are the next, uh, if we call public health measures or, or, or travel measures or other things that are going to happen in the medical community, the travel community, and so on, to either monitor Zika virus? Because it's my impression that someone travels from a Zika-infested area, they should be quarantined for at least a half an hour until we can do a PCR test on them to find out if they actually uh, have our Zika carrier. Well, I, I don't know, uh, because if they're just using the, the serum and they're not using the whole blood, they're not going to find it, probably. They need to use the whole blood, and they need to use better screening methods. They, they should use the saliva or the urine. Yeah. Okay, well, they're already doing it. I mean, this is a uh, tremendous jump forward for them to say, uh, no, you can't donate blood anymore, and you can't donate organs. And what they've done is there's a 21 CFR 10.115G2. <laughs> you know how these federal regulations go. Oh, yeah, yeah, they get lots of uh, sub numbers and everything. And they have applied this to Zika. So this is now, uh, uh, this, is, this is now called um, uh, a, uh, well, <laughs> Let me, let me get the right word. Is it called a sexually transmitted disease yet? Uh, that'd be one of my no, they answers. haven't done that. That's amazing. But they they have said that Zika, the Zika virus, is a relevant. What that paragraph says in the CFRs is that Zika, when when they apply that paragraph in the CFRs to Zika, they're saying that Zika is a relevant communicable disease agent or disease. So that brings uh, in all sorts of federal laws 
and uh, to some extent state laws. And uh, now this is what the guidance, they, they're saying this is only guidance, but they want the, uh, the people, the the people that run the blood banks and the people that run the uh, hospitals and the physician's office to implement these within four weeks. Now, that is fast. I mean, normally uh, they don't, they say, well, you've got six months or you've got a year. Right. Four weeks, they want these things. Uh, they to train them up online and send them brochures, et cetera. And that means uh, entry points, uh, emergency departments, doctors' offices, clinics, surgical suites, and so on, better be up to speed. And blood banks uh, that may not be doing proper testing. Right. So they, they're saying, now listen to all this, these things. Uh, there's a potential for transmission of, Zika, of the Zika virus by blood products and solid organs. So these are the organs. Brain, liver, spleen, kidney, lung, and heart. Now, we haven't heard that list before. And the only reason we're hearing it now is because they've applied this particular paragraph in the CFR to the Zika virus, because now they have to justify uh, calling it a uh, contagious disease. So that means that uh, uh, anybody who dies, uh, and and if they test for Zika, they'll look in the brain, liver, spleen, kidney, lung, and heart. So anybody who's traveled where uh, Zika is endemic, which essentially is uh, right. Central America and South America, the northern part of it, then uh, they, they, will not use in, they will not harvest any of their organs for transplant. Right. So if you're, if you're an organ donor, uh, those, those, you don't have to worry about organs coming from people who have Zika. Right, right. Now, uh, I want to put out something a little unusual. I've been doing research with uh, biophotonics for a number of years, for 36 years, and I just acquired the upgrade from the bioplasm called the metapathia with hunter function from the Russian Academy of Sciences and the Chinese version of it. And you can actually scan for a specific pathogen right through any body tissue, including its stealth presence in the bone marrow. And it'll come up with a signature in minutes and tell you exactly not only what it is, but where it's located in the body. That's amazing. Um, that truly is amazing. And what it does is every single tissue and organ and pathogen so it has a biophotonic signature and it can match it against their database and tell you what it is so theoretically a device like this could be a pre-screen before people are sit on for pcr testing of whole blood and other bodily fluids just like sexually transmitted they should not just be testing blood or even whole blood they want to do an endocervical canal swab and see if they pcr test but the uh, the metapathia scan would actually tell you in advance if they have not only this pathogen, but other ones, because it's my impression, having done tests at immunology and pathology and infectious disease labs for four decades, that many people think they have one pathogen and they have multiple. And, uh, they, you know, for example, you can scan someone and find they got mycoplasma hominis, they've got cytomegalovirus, they got uh, the, the immunological signatures they previously had, XYZ, that may still be raising cytokine levels in their tissues. And Zika is a sneaky one, just like the RNA viruses. It can hide in specific tissues like your bone marrow and pop up causing a thrombocytopenia so you can actually bleed out months or years later, even though your blood tests show you don't have Zika. So well, that's right. Is, if your platelet, they're, they have already told the doctors, look for the platelet count. And if the platelet count goes low, you better remedy that because you can bleed out. What happens is you get bruises all over your body because... Platelets are used to to um, form clots 
So yeah, a lot of time though, if, if you have a big event happen with a low plasma count, you're pretty well done. If you have a, if you bleed out or you have you know massive intra-abdominal bleed or bleed into your brain, uh, yeah. you're, you often die. That's uh, right. Or have you know terminal complication that makes you completely disabled in a, a nursing or extended care facility. So. Um, okay. Well, we have some yeah. other parts of okay, human that yeah. uh, yeah. may carry Zika, and yeah. that's the corneas, the bone. Uh, the skin and the heart valves and uh, cord blood and peripheral blood and reproductive tissues such as semen and uh, and uh, oocytes, which is the the female. Yeah. And um, so they're not sure how long those how long Zika persists in the in those, but they they uh, they are really uh, because they. Because they have applied this part of the CFR to Zika, we're going to find out a lot more. And the, the term is relevant communicable disease agent. Now, one of the now things that I've seen in the media, there's still groups of doctors even in Brazil that think it's the pesticides that are doing it. Now, we know they removed 2,4,5-T, uh, which is a pesticide that has high amounts of dioxins, which are extremely DNA toxic. But 2,4-D, which they still have in pesticides in North America, still have dioxins, which I find bizarre. It's like, do you not understand these are still present? It's probably one of the most dangerous biological molecules aside from radiotoxins. And, yeah, I think it's uh, only used in agriculture now. Right, but it gets in the environment. You don't need very much to cause major screw-ups in the DNA of organisms and in humans if it gets in their biology. Now, the, the, the danger is that they're trying to use other excuses. This is, it's not Zika. The real Olympics is going on. They not only have Zika problems there, they now have this weaponized form of Vibrio marinus that'll eat your leg off in a couple hours. Real uh, on the beaches there in Rio de Janeiro. It's like, wow, this is extremely bad timing. Now they got this flesh-eating super Vibrio. Well, um, they don't say that uh, it won't be spread from people who go to the Olympics. It just says that they find the spread will be minimal. And, uh, you oh, know, it's not, it's like not minimal if it yeah. happens to you. Yeah, it's not minimal if it happens to you. And, of course, uh, if you have sexual activity with someone, if you share food and it's in saliva, uh, if you happen to be in, stay in an area that has endemic mosquitoes that have Zika virus. And, uh, you know, I, I just don't think there's enough care. In fact, uh, to me, the whole idea, the real Olympics is, is being killed, you want to call it, by all of these disasters. Uh, you may have a few other items here, too, under Zika. It says... Uh, uh, Zika virus and safety substances of human origin. Oh, yes. Okay. Well, now the Europeans have their own uh, nomenclature, and I find it a little bit easier to use. And uh, it's the uh, Zika virus and the safety of substances of human origin, and that's SOHO. S O H O. SOHO. So that's a lot easier <laughs> to remember than that other acronym. Exactly. Substances of human origin. SOHO. Wow. And Brazilian scientists find Zika in southern southern host mosquito. So it's in a different mosquito. Is this a different one than the normal one? They, they yes, use. it's the Kulik. Ah, okay. You, your husband, your wife, your children, we all need food. And with dozens of food storage companies buying up airtime all over radio, it's hard for you to know which company you can actually trust. Hey folks, John Stepmiller here. We at RBN understand, which is why I personally searched out a storable food company and one with similar core values to us here at RBN and of course you, the listener. Well, I found such a company. I'd like to introduce you to Numana Food Storage. 
Numana Food Storage, highly nutritious, GMO-free, contains no aspartame, no high-fructose corn syrup, has no chemical preservatives or soy, and Numana Food Storage has a 25-year shelf life. To back up my claims, we've made Numana Food Storage the exclusive food sponsor of RBN. Call 888-597-0775, 888-597-0775. Order online at NumanaRepublic.com. That's N-U-M-A-N. NNARepublic.com. Food storage you'll love to eat. Do you know there is an ongoing war right here in America? Are you aware that U.S. citizens have been classified as enemies of the state since 1933? Have you recognized that our entire government is really a vast network of interlocking corporations engaged in commerce. Look up Title 28, Section 3002. Tune in to In Defense of Humanity on Saturday nights at 7 p.m. Central Time. Find out what's really going on and learn how to protect yourself and your family as flesh and blood men and women living in a corporate reality. Poor water quality is a major health issue, and it's only getting worse. Municipalities can't keep up, standards have dropped, and pollutants are increasing. Where does it all end? It ends by keeping the pollutants outside of your home with HydroCare's advanced systems available at Wave Home Solutions. No less than the best purification materials and processes have been developed by HydroCare to provide you with healthy, clean water for drinking, cooking, and showering. HydroCare far surpasses the competition in removing chlorine, odors, iron, lead, chemicals, limescale, and much more. Don't settle for less when it comes to your water. We'll take care of the toughest water problems for you, whether it's from a city or well source. Satisfaction guaranteed. For more information, call 888-997-WAVE. That's 888-997-WAVE. Or go to bestwater123.com. That's bestwater123.com. And let's continue with your discussion on SOHO, or uh, Substances of Human Origin, from uh, Europe. Yes. So, so they're thinking, you know, they still want to get blood donations. So what they're looking at, what's uh, in Europe anyway, but one of the things they're looking at is, is transfusions. How can we clean up the blood? And they aren't cleaning it up exactly. What they're doing is they're trying to inactivate uh, the Zika virus. And uh, so what they do is they... They treat platelets and plasma with a UV light, and they use either a motosalin a UV light or riboflavin a UV light or methylene blue UV light or UVC. Right, right. It's a, a uh, the light. poor man's rife machine, let's put it that way. Because yeah. rife actually discovered 100 years ago how to use harmonic resonance to shatter 
uh, these pathogens, various pathogens with harmonic resonance. And uh, I've, I've actually worked out the technology how to actually find the resonant frequency of pathogens uh, using oscilloscopes and a metapathia machine. I can actually give you their actual resonant frequencies that will kill them. And I know how with other technologies, I'm actually talking to a number of companies that can generate rife frequency fields, uh, microcurrent, light, and others that will actually create a resonant frequency to kill pathogens or to stimulate certain genes to heal the body. So uh, Rife is on the right track, but I actually have oscilloscopes. I first started using a device 20 years ago from Keithy Enterprises using the microchip industry, and I could go along someone's acupoints and scan over, say, a specific joint and give you the resonant frequencies of why they get rheumatoid in their right knee and not their left. And you get actual numerical analysis and picovolts of microamps. So when people say it doesn't mean anything, this UV light idea is a good one because it's going to inactivate the virus inside cells where they could carry them for a few months. So it's an excellent idea. You just don't want people have to also understand that things like glyphosate and some genetically modified things and toxins in the environment that are pesticides get activated by UV light and they actually convert into biotoxins. And some pharmaceutical drugs that doctors give become extremely dangerous, especially things like DNA gyrase 4 inhibitors like uh, Leviquin and moxifloxacin. When you activate them, they destroy the DNA gyrase 4 in your mitochondria and they can cause a mitochondriopathy. So, well, that's not the only problem. Right. I've worked with UV light on um, mold, and what you have to do is you have to get you have to get the pathogen really close to the UV light. I mean, right, and by the way, if you activate it a lot, it generates a ton more uh, aflatoxins. So, in other words, if you don't completely kill it, it actually right. tries to kill you. It can actually start generating huge amounts of aflatoxins when you stress the pathogen, especially mold or fungi or mycobacteria. So, if you try to kill little buggers, and you don't get them, they'll come back and generate aflatoxins that can induce cancer, myopathies, all kinds of weird stuff you didn't directly see related, but it is. Right. So this is a process that requires precise engineering control, and they don't got it. Believe yeah, that's, that's disturbing. Uh, I can, there are a few other things that they might be able to do. If we could get a resonant frequency uh, device to actually clear it, or if what we would do is bank the blood for a period of, say, a day or two, with there any pathogenics like uh, neutriodine, uh, it would kill off all the pathogens, and you can go back and rescan them, say with the metapathy machine, to see if the biological signature of the biophotons indicate there's any live pathogens or intracellular pathogens in the tissue, because the metapathia will pick up the bioresonance uh, f- spectral frequency of the pathogen inside the cells too. But how 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 will you know how much to use? Because if you put in too much, is it going to hurt the patient? No, too much of which one? The neutra iodine. Oh, no, don't worry. Firstly, it's non-toxic because uh, iodine is the primary, you have to have monoatomic minerals to activate every enzyme in your body. Every enzyme in the structural proteins and enzymes are determined by monoatomic forms of minerals. So iodine, uh, when it's monoatomic form, uh, which the the thyroid makes a very tiny amount of it, is not toxic. In fact, uh, neutrodine is the most powerful antipathogenic we have. It'll kill, it'll kill anything, and it'll kill mold, fungi, whatever, and it doesn't, it's not toxic. It also flushes out halides, fluoride, chloride, bromide. So we've literally given people one drop in a glass of water, and in a minute, they're running to the bathroom, and every body pore is rushing out toxins. It's unbelievable what happens. People say, this okay, is Okay, but what's going to happen? Okay, you've got this bag of blood that's been banned. You don't have to use very much of it. it is, it's remarkably how little. In a whole person... If they get a serious infection like pneumonia or a skin infection, 15 drops three times a day in a whole person is enough, so you don't need very much. A few drops is all. So it won't be toxic. 
So you don't need a lot, and you can actually test the number one is PCR test, but you can actually test with the metapathy of the seed if the harmonic resonance signature is still there. Yeah, I like that harmonic signature. Yeah, it's kind of nice because it's non-toxic and it's easy to tell you if it's really still there. You are tuned in to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit our website by going to republicbroadcasting.org. Homeowners, are you in foreclosure, expecting to be served with a foreclosure lawsuit, or suspect your lender has coerced you into an illegal mortgage transaction? A huge number of mortgages made in the last 10 years have legal issues and are possibly defective. State laws and the U.S. Supreme Court have upheld that defective mortgage documents are grounds for foreclosure defense and for counterclaims in favor of the homeowner. If your mortgage has been sold or assigned since closing the loan, it may be defective and you may be paying the wrong party and the lender may not have standing or the right to foreclose or collect payments under the law. If you would like to know if your mortgage is legal or not or know if you are paying the right party, we can help. Our initial consultations are free of charge. We are not attorneys. We are legal researchers and work closely with experienced lawyers who know how to help you find the evidence to help you keep your home. Call toll-free 1-855-2-KEEP-IT. That's 1-855-2-KEEP-IT today. Foodforliberty.com sells high-quality storable foods from Numana. Whether you want to be prepared in the event of an emergency or an outdoor sports enthusiast, Foodforliberty.com has your prepackaged single-serve packs or kits for the entire family. Numana is known for high-quality, great-tasting, GMO-free, super-nutritious food with no chemical preservatives. With a 25-year shelf life, you can't beat the feeling of being food secure when you need it most. Right now, Foodforliberty.com is offering a special gift, a heavy-duty survivor dry storage box designed for extreme bug-out conditions. This storage box is built to last, includes compass, signaling mirror, and is yours free with a $50 order. Go to foodforliberty.com right now and pick up your quality storable foods from Numana. To get the survivor dry storage box, use promo code LIBERTY. It makes good sense to be prepared. Go to foodforliberty.com. Imagine a pill that can improve your focus, your memory, your sleep. A catalyst to improve your brain chemistry. Dr. Bill's Cognition Plus is truly the smarter in an hour pill. A combination of amino acids, trace minerals, and B vitamins, Cognition Plus is made with specialized herbal extracts that will enhance and support brain function. Our customers say, I feel more focused. My memory's getting better. I can work longer with more useful hours. Power up your neurotransmitters that have been depleted, like dopamine and norepinephrine. Simulate the release of others, like serotonin and oxytocin. Improve circulation and energy production. Protect your mind and your loved ones today. Order Dr. Bill Deagle's Cognition Plus at 888-212-8871 or go online to NutriMedical.com. That's 888-212-8871 or NutriMedical.com. Hi, this is Dr. Bill Deagle of the Nutramedical Report. Broadcast from 12 to 3, Monday to Friday, Central Standard Time. We cover medical issues, geopolitical, spiritual, and others. And you're welcome to call in. Without the right accessories, any guy can be off the mark. Whether you've invested thousands in your arsenal or you own a single trusted firearm, a visit to aroutfitting.com is in order. It's one of the finest online selections of tactical optics and AR parts and add-ons, like EOTech, quick target acquisition with no peripheral loss. Browse the full range of Nikon scopes and binoculars. 
AirOutfitting.com can illuminate your world with streamlight gun-mounted lights from keychain to large handhelds up to 1,100 lumens. Find some stability with Battenfield Tactical Bipods. AirOutfitting.com has CMMG gun parts, barrels, assemblies, handguards, part kits, and more. Plus magful clips and magazines. I know I've got you excited, so take a breath. Head to AirOutfitting.com. The site's super easy to navigate and features a ton of technical info, including links to manuals. We also welcome vendor and manufacturer inquiries. Remember, if you don't see it, we can get it at AirOutfitting.com. So, Anne, you had a couple of further comments to make. About yeah, before we get to the CRISPR, I know we're, I'm both, <laughs> I'm anxious to get to CRISPR, too. Right. But uh, I wanted to mention that they at um, Walter Reed uh, Laboratories, they're using a motosalin, which is the chemical, and uh, it gets into the, uh, what it does is it binds to the DNA or the RNA, and then they, uh, they use a um, UVA light to... Uh, to prevent, uh, to to essentially just make it, it binds it so that it's irreversibly bound. That would be similar to we're creating what's called thymidine dimers. Because thymidine dimerizes pretty quickly, and if you don't have it broken, there's enzymes in the body that's called it thymidine dimerase, and if you don't have it broken, your cells can't replicate. Now, we have two concerns. Number one, this material going in, would it interfere with the normal control mechanism? Or number two, is a residual modifalin in the... Uh, products, the organs, whatever tissues, whatever that are given to the person, would it screw up their other neuron mechanisms, either inducing autoimmune disease, cancer, or weaken the immune system? I, I don't know. I, I would guess that it's like glyphosate. For example, when I went to medical school, one person, nearly 4,000, got uh, autism. And I, I've changed the name autism to BOF, or brain on fire. And that's in conjunction with uh, Dr. Russell Blaylock, who was a, a neurosurgeon, with a master's degree beforehand. He's also a CCN, Certified Nutritional Expert. And uh, I've been doing tests for decades uh, showing how you can identify brain on fire. You can look at uh, specific uh, oxidative markers of DNA, 8-hydroxy, 2-prime-deoxy guanosine, T-bars and other markers. You can also look at, uh, at a PET positron emission scanner or quantitative electroencephalogram, and you can look at gen- gene markers or organic acids indicating cytokine level elevations at say immunosciences in Los Angeles. So uh, when you have BOF, it's triggered off by the three primary things I think so far. Number one, uh, glyphosate, which is Roundup. Number two, genetically modified foods, which are pro-inflammatory, and they're unstable plasmids, so they kind of screw up your normal gene control. And uh, number three are biotoxins in the environment, including radiotoxins that attach to uh, the proteins of food antigens or inhalation molecules, and they amplify the allergenicity and immunoreactivity up to millions of times. 
So those three things things are real bad. And stack vaccines would be a forced one because they're giving now vaccines where they have adjuvants or heavy metals, uh, formaldehyde and other toxins, or they're, they call it a vaccine, but it's actually inserting genetic material into you, so you generate the antigens, and now your body attacks the antigens, which can attack your own tissue. Uh, what I've discovered, and I haven't published it yet, is that the underlying metabolic cause of cancer and autoimmune disease is identical. This is the first in the world, actually, and I've been using it for about six years now, very effectively, to turn off autoimmune disease. I had a consult just yesterday about a young man's going to go to a uh, doctor, a, uh, a neurologist, uh, immunologist in Chicago, who's replicating the process at the University of Western Ontario, where they wipe out your immune system, and then they... Uh, to turn off multiple sclerosis and they reinsert your bone marrow. Now, if you have silent heart disease or you have a super infection, you're going to die real quick. But if you survive, you're probably not going to have MS anymore. Well, you can do that for literally any autoimmune disease, but it's dangerous as hell because you've got to make someone literally have to go in reverse protection and reinsert an immune system. Uh, with the use of uh, malignant arrest and other nutraceuticals to shut off the hexose monophosphate shunt, you not only turn off the gene change is causing cancer and uh, cancer cell transformation, but also the cell surface antigens, which are often driven by biotoxins and most commonly stealth pathogens inside the cell, whether it's uh, mycobacteria or a uh, spirochete. For example, MS is triggered by multiple, by uh, ehrlichiosis, babesiosis, and Lyme. So, it, it, you know, if you have to understand that what's going on here is very scary stuff. Uh, they're not going to be able to use amotosaline uh, safely in order to not have probably bad biological effects. And they haven't asked enough tough questions to say, do they really understand the mechanism of whether it's in the tissue or in the person, even in trace amounts, will it do bad stuff, gene control stuff? So I just raise other questions like, my questions make me really un- uncertain as to whether this is safe or not. Well, I'm glad that you. Uh, I'm glad you commented on that because I, I was, I didn't know that uh, you know when you hear Walter Reed and you hear hear something like that and you think, well, it must be safer. They wouldn't have been doing it. Yeah, I wouldn't really. assume that. I've I've learned with doctors. I'm a medical legal expert in every specialty. I have three legal cases going on right now, by the way. Hmm. And you do not want Doctor Deagle in court because I'm going to read the chart. I have a photographic memory. I'm going to go through and tab the damn thing. And then I'm going to start axing AXE questions. And that doesn't matter if they're a PhD, whatever specialty, a triple-boarded specialist. I'm going to ask AXE questions that are going to turn people inside out. And they're not going to be happy. The problem is, you see, scientists don't have enough questions to put themselves in what I call out of their comfort zone. And you need to be out of your comfort zone, whether you're trying to prove a thesis of something or you're trying to prove the Zeta score that something is valid in a non-random way. And... The problem I see when people start to do things, they kind of think, well, UV light works to kill viruses, and I can use an saline, and everything's fine. I'm thinking, well, you may not have asked enough questions, just like they, they didn't know how, for example, how Ebola is being spread or how uh, you know, Zika virus can, with only 15 base pair changes, all of a sudden jump to cause a massive increase in not only microcephaly but other diseases and become a sexually transmitted disease or persist in the bone marrow. They're just finding these things out by, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, it's I call the OMG moments. Now, we have a quick caller from James in Oklahoma about yellow fever has appeared in a lot in Oklahoma. Go ahead, uh, James. Hello. Hello. Yeah. Go ahead, James. Can you hear it? I can just bring it here, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, uh, uh, James. Yeah, I'll, I'll turn you up so you can you can hear our feet. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. Well, they uh, uh, a lady of uh, one of my nurses. She said that they seen it on the Channel Nine News out Oklahoma City that down by Lawton they uh, was collecting mosquitoes and they found one that had yellow fever in it. Whoa. Mm. What do you think of that, Ann? See, this is when I get concerned. Have they tested for other filoviruses? I don't know. Well, apparently they are, because otherwise they wouldn't have found yellow fever. Exactly. Yellow They're fever probably is asking their tough questions that are good. They're getting out of their comfort zone and start asking questions that will say, you know, is there a co-infection with another filovirus besides the Zika? Right. And uh, it belongs to the same family as Zika. Right. And uh, so if there, it, it would be carried by the same uh, mosquito, except that it's in Oklahoma. Right. <laughs> and that mosquito, it probably, uh, it, you know, maybe this person went to a country where there was yellow fever or somebody who had been vaccinated for yellow fever had come back and then uh, she had caught it from that person. They well, the other thing is yellow fever is an attenuated virus. So the problem is that if you get the yellow fever vaccine, you may actually get yellow fever from it because it's maybe indistinguishable between what the vaccine does if it goes wrong because it's an attenuated virus and the actual infection with yellow fever. What do you think, Ann? Well, that's what happened. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, That's down at Lawton in uh, Fort Seal Army Base is down there. Fort Seal? Oh, yeah, Fort Sill. It's a big military yeah. base. I, I had a job offer to work in Lawton, Oklahoma many years ago. And uh, nice people, nice place, uh, huge military base. I call it Tornado Alley. It's a scary place if you want to see tornadoes. And now they got lots of earthquakes done uh, in these areas in Oklahoma. Go ahead, James. Please, yeah. Go ahead, James. That, that's about all. I, just, I yeah. didn't mention uh, Fort Sill. Yeah, so, so we want to know, is it in the mosquitoes or did they identify it in a person? So check out it and call back in another show maybe next week. Uh, we want to get into some of the other stuff, too. We talked about the NIH launches early-stage yellow fever vaccine trial. What is that, Ann? What's going on there? Well, they have a lot of trouble with the existing vaccine, and now that they're looking at it closer, because yellow fever and Zika are in the same family as far as the virus family right. goes. And uh, they use an, a uh, live attenuated uh, virus vaccine for yellow fever, and they're discovering that, uh, well, it's got side effects. Ten percent of the people end up with yellow fever and die. Uh, and uh, it, it's, it, it also causes chronic neurological not, syndrome, too. Well, that's right. And it also, you can't use it on uh, old people or young people or, you know, it, it, it just it's just not a good vaccine. So there's, right. they're starting to make another one. But when I read that article, it said they were still going to use a live attenuated virus. Now, when we talked about polio, you remember when we talked about polio? We right, had a wild ago, polio yeah. virus, right. and then they used this vaccine, type 1, type 2, type 3. They wiped out the type 2, and they took it out of the vaccine. And uh-huh. then people started coming in. Well, it's a vaccine-derived polio. So now you could have a vaccine-derived yellow fever. I think that's what we may be seeing here. We don't know for sure, but if it's not in the endemic mosquitoes, if it's not someone who picked up the infection with the actual yellow fever in an endemic area where they're, they were deployed there in the military at Fort Sill, then you have to consider, is this a person who got the vaccine 
who then had an active disease developed from the vaccine. Let's get on to some of the other ones, too. You have the, this is a weird title, antibiotic-resistant snot wars study yields new class of drugs. What's a snot war? Yeah, well, that's a four-letter word that you don't right. want to use in polite conversation. But what they, what they did, uh, there was a group of people, and, and uh, they, what they did was they uh, started collecting snot from people, and uh, they started looking at what pathogens were in it, you know, because we have a respiratory system, and part of that is the sinus system. Right. And the nose and the sinus system are supposed to keep the bacteria and the viruses from getting inside our bodies. Right. And, uh, of course, we have the lymph tissue and the tonsils. And um, so, you know, we've all had uh, uh, problems in those areas, but the reason we have problems is because there's a bacteria that they're getting rid of. So it doesn't get into your heart. Right. By the way, the sinuses are a major cause of dementia. People don't realize this. I've discovered this many years ago that I don't know anyone, this is an absolute rule, that develops dementia that hasn't had chronic sinus infections. Not oh, one case. okay, yeah. And if you actually do a, a scan to look for inflammatory changes in an actual CT scan with spiral sinusection uh, coronal cuts, you'll find they almost always have osteomyelitis in the sinus cavities near the areas of things that are really close to the brain, like this phenylpalatine fossa. So, hmm. you know, for all people out there, doctors listening, if you've got a relative and they got chronic sinus, and don't assume that they're going to have symptoms because it's not well innervated with for pain. If you do a sinus irrigation with a sinia pulse, here's Neutrodyne, you'll often see as you start to clear the infection, the brain inflammation reduces dramatically and the person starts to improve. So the anterior forebrain bundle and hippocampus that are located and connected to the frontal lobes, they start to lose their connections because of inflammation-induced patchy dysmyelination of the anterior forebrain bundle and the neural connections allowing solitary nerve conduction and neural networks with the frontal lobes. So no one gets a dementing illness, okay, unless it's a virus and vaccines, but no one gets a dementing illness without chronic sinus infections. It always happens. Okay, let me, let me talk about snot wars. Yeah. So the, <laughs> what they're looking, so they were looking at uh, the snot from different people, and uh, they found, uh, let's say they found staph and strep. Right. Uh, in, in that. And uh, then in some cases, what they found was that they didn't have much staph. They had uh, more strep. And so they went to look and find out why that was. And what they found was that the strep was secreting a um, chemical that was killing the staph. Wow. So this is going to be a new type of antibiotic. And they've already isolated it. And uh, soon, you, if, you, if you have, for instance, a flesh-eating disease, you know, something is eating the, your leg, right. the side of your leg, you'll be able to put this... Yeah, they call it lug-dunin. Yeah. Uh, that's lug-dunin. interesting. Lug-dunin. I said that. This sounds like yeah. something out of one of like, the movies Dune, you know, from the sci-fi throws from years ago. It's yeah. like, ah, they used lug-dunin, and it stopped them from losing both legs. They'd make a good movie. You could see somebody putting their finger up their nose and then spreading it on the... <laughs> yeah, well, that's too weird. Okay. Now, the anyway. next one is CRISPR. Let's get into CRISPR protocol because, uh, you know, one of the things that uh, that uh, Clyde Lewis wanted me to talk about on Monday on his show, uh, Ground Zero Radio, which, by the way, this guy's an idiot because he didn't want me to lay a groundwork as to why people should fear the fact that they are trying to cull the world human population. And that also, besides... 
the evil, there's also a lot of stupid stuff going on. So sometimes I combine the term that I call stevel, which is both stupid and evil. Sometimes it's just stupid stuff, and other times it's evil or both. But the CRISPR like protocol, the Chinese are moving forward on this. What does this mean? Well, okay. Uh, we're, we're all familiar with gene editing because we all are familiar with GMO crops. And uh, you'll have a herbicide-resistant trait, and right. you'll have a, uh, that's an HT, and you'll have a um, insecticide, um, that's a BT trait. Right. And recently they've been stacking them so that the seeds have both traits. And uh, that's 90% of our food now. Uh, and, you know, what the effect on the human is, is, uh, <laughs> well, we don't know, but we think that it's making people crazy. <laughs> but in any case, um, uh, the Chinese are stepping out, and they, and the University of Pennsylvania will, yeah. uh, will also do that. What, what China and what the University of Pennsylvania is going to do uh, is use it to cure lung cancer. Which is, you know, that's a laudable goal. Well, they're going to try to cure lumbar cancer by, by using CRISPR protocols. Is that what they're saying? Well, there's many different types of CRISPR. And the one yeah. they're using is Cas9, C-A-S-9. Right. And the quote is, the unthinkable has, been, has become conceivable. The unthinkable has become conceivable. Because what this does, uh, what this CRISPR Cas9 does is... Instead of just cutting a gene out and replacing it, or um, uh, taking a strand out of a an RNA uh, strand, you know, taking some of the genes out of an RNA strand and either replacing them or, or right. just uh, cut, uh, just mending it, this thing cuts the DNA, and it's it's so easy for them to use it. Once this thing got invented, there was so much. Uh, there were so many people who wanted to use it that uh, uh, they're, they're making it and selling it to anybody who who asks for it. Wow! So, and of course, so it means they're inserting genes into live people to cure cancer, but they can be used for all kinds of stuff. We have a caller, Wes, in Idaho. Stay right there. We'll be right back. We are the American Freedom Party. This is the most urgent time in the history of Western civilization. In the year 1900, white people of European descent comprised 35% of the world population. Today it is less than 9% and falling fast. Europe is being overrun with Middle Eastern immigrants, and America's founding stock is rapidly being replaced with third world peoples from around the globe. For the last 50 years, every influential institution in this nation, our schools and universities, our media, our churches and our employers, have promoted policies and principles that teach whites to be ashamed of their great heritage and birthright. We, who in the 1950s, the 1960s, and 1970s were the world's dominant force, are now so afraid of being called racist that we were quailing towards irrelevance and extinction. Join the American Freedom Party today. Reach us at theamericanfreedomparty.us or call us at 701-317-5317. Paid for by the American Freedom Party. Roberts and Roberts Brokerage believes that everyone should have some of their assets in investment-grade precious metals. Roberts and Roberts has been a trusted name in precious metals for nearly 40 years. Experienced investors will appreciate our personal service and low prices. 
If you're new to precious metals, we can help you find the products right for you. Give us a call today at 800-874-9760 or visit us online at rrbi.co. Robertson Roberts Brokerage, when you're serious about precious metals. Do you have difficulty taking supplements? Are you searching for a high-quality, complete nutritional drink that your whole family will love? Nutramedical's life support has arrived. All of your daily nutritional requirements in one quick, delicious drink. Dr. Bill Deagle's life support is a proprietary blend of vegan protein, activated vitamins, essential minerals, amino acids, probiotics, green tea, digestive enzymes, anti-inflammatories, cancer prevention, detoxification, and much more. Your body will high-five you for this one. Life support is the best complete nutritional meal replacement on the market. Whether you are an elite athlete, have post-operative challenges, chronic illness, elderly, or a family that just wants a quick, delicious drink, try Dr. Bill Deagle's Life Support for optimized nutrition in one great-tasting smoothie. Just add cold water, almond milk, fruit, or anything else you like. Nutramedical's Life Support. Try our great-tasting chocolate or vanilla today. Call 888-212-8871 or visit us online at Nutramedical.com. Nutramedical.com for the whole family. Hi, my name is David Merlin from TakeFromCaesar.us. Income is defined in the tax code. All property is a cost, including labor, according to statute. You're deprived of the provisions of Section 83 whenever you pay an income tax on your compensation. According to Section 83, only the excess over the amount paid is gross income. The government can't so much as provide an interpretation of Section 83 of its own. Get your paradigm shift in understanding today at TakeFromCaesar.us. people here we have Wes Nido and I checked out your link it wasn't Dr. Coimbra it's Coimbra C-O-I-M-B-R-A there's also some links when I pulled up the internet of course I got the super fast internet and a real good uh, computer here so I was able to pull up some stuff from you know various uh, researchers that have been working on autoimmune diseases uh, be really brief because I want to get back to the CRISPR protocol uh, with Ed. we're going to do a, a follow up video probably of not today, tomorrow, on both last week and this week's shows with a lot of pictures and more advanced comments on all these different topics so it can make more sense. So go ahead, Wes, what's your question or comment? Oh, do I really get on? Ah, Dr. Cumbra, I wanted to know if you knew of his success rate, like 95% success rate. No, no, rate I'm not familiar, but tell me, what, what is his method? What does he do to... So called turn off oh. autoimmune diseases. I know Dr. Mark know. Hyman. Okay. I know Dr. Mark Hyman very well. And he talks about ten strategies. Dr. Hyman's I'm familiar with. He belongs to some of our academies. Uh, but what what is his procedure? One, two, three. Be summarized. One, two, three. Ah, high dose of vitamin D. Uh, one thousand units per kilogram body weight. Is that it? Ninety five percent success rate with all autoimmune diseases. Okay. Did well, I go past three okay. seconds? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what you're talking about is we have a test for a thing called Nagalase. You heard of that before, Ed? Nagalase? Nagalase? Nagalase. What happens is that not only uh, vaccines can induce Nagalase, which in fact is part of the reason why these uh, alternative doctors were being executed, because they realized that uh, 
vitamin D associated uh, a, a macrophage inhibitory factor called MIF was curing stage 2 cancers up to 90%. Now, cancer and autoimmune disease have an identical basis, and vitamin D dependent immune modulating factors such as a macrophage inhibitory factor can turn off not only cancer but autoimmune disease. So when you're talking about high-dose vitamin D, I've been doing this for decades. When I get, the dosage I give for vitamin D is considerably higher for the average person than most. I usually give people recommendations of three, 5,000 units twice a day, base. And if you've got autoimmune disease or serious things like you're trying to stimulate your stem cells, stem cells don't work without high-dose vitamin D. I also use not only vitamin D3 uh, but D2 for mushrooms, which has also ergothionine, which is a first receptor that's turned on to have autoimmune illness. So that's important. Okay, and here, uh, let's go on and talk about the CRISPR protocol. I want you to call back in because we only have a minute left in the segment here, uh, and, and I do want to expand on this, but I'd like you to send me information on on uh, this protocol you're talking about with Dr. Coimbra. And call back into well, the show. We really appreciate it. And uh, your comments about... Wait, can, I, can, I, can I speak? No, no you can't say can anything I, more right now. I want to end it finish. He only has a minute. So you can call back in. Uh, uh, and let's talk more about CRISPR. What... Uh, Okay, well, the thing is that this Cas9 that they've made, now they went through CRISPR 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, right. and then Cas9, and it's not perfect, but hold on to your hands. Yeah. They, the company that makes it, AdGene, is right. based in Cambridge, Massachusetts, right. and they sold 20,000 kits in 2015. 20,000 kits. Now, are these people that are doing it in their own kitchen, or is it doctor's offices, or hospitals? Well, that's, that's my question. Wow. Yeah. We need to talk about this when we do our video probably tomorrow and do a major update. Okay. I'll do some more research on it, too, and see if you have some more documentation. We'll bring that up. And appreciate you callers out there. I'll check in further on Dr. Cornbread, but, yeah, I've been researching these areas for a long time, four decades. So if you want to find out, I, I know Dr. Hyman. Personally, I haven't heard Dr. Coimbra, but vitamin D, very important for autoimmunity. But we have what we do is we shut down the hexosmonophosphate shunt with malignant rest, as well as uh, we call apoptogenic agents, elagic acid, malignant block, and full vitamin K2, high dose power C, and high dose vitamin D2, D3. Thanks a lot, Ann. Do you know what's in your body soap? Well, I didn't know the answer until about five years ago when I looked at the label of my soap and was shocked to see all the chemicals. For my entire life, I had been assaulting the largest organ of my body, my skin, and to think my children were using it too. Well, a lot has changed since then. Today, my family and I operate Stone City Farms, where we make and sell all natural goat milk soap using fresh goat milk from goats we raise on our farm. Our mission at Stone City Farm is to produce high-quality, all-natural goat milk soap for people who want a fresh, unrefined, natural product. At Stone City Farms, we offer scented and unscented soaps and a signature line of gift sets customizable to your needs. To see what our customers are saying, go to stonecityfarm.com. Use the code NATURAL for a 20% discount. That's stonecityfarm.com code NATURAL for 20% off your order. You never know what could be hiding in your soap. This is RBN, the Republic Broadcasting Network.